Hello, humans on the third planet from the sun. This is the Fresher and Parland show. I am Parlance, and this is episode 139. And I am Fresher, and this is a lifestyle show, the Fresher and Parlance show, that me and Parlance talk about our uh, daily lives and interesting topics of the time. And foibles. And our foibles. Foibles. Yeah. And uh, we try to do it live every Thursday at 9 o'clock, which is right now, if you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we have the... uh, We have... We already have... uh, Rise is waiting... He says, waiting for the show to start on our uh, YouTube channel that you can chat us on, or you can tweet at us at Fresh and Par. I have that up watching, so you can interact. But Thursday, man... Thursday, man. I'll, I'll, I'm a little, I'm a little fired up right now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rein it in. So first off, folks, we are in an attention economy. Okay, we are in an attention economy, and we appreciate every single moment that you spend here, spending your attention on fresher and parlance. So that's the first thing I want to say straight off the bat. So thank you for your time, <laughs> and it's, I hope it's well spent. Um, oh, secondly, I know it's well spent. Secondly, cabining. I'm into it. I'm totally into cabining. Cabining? Oh, did you you went uh you went cabining? I did last... go. I did. This was cabining was yeah it was coined on this show three three episodes ago. Cabining, and to ca- to cab cabining means to stay overnight in a cabin. That's all it means. It's like it's like <laughs> camping. Pretty but then how do you define a cabin? Okay, so here's how I live in a cabin in the city. You could live in a cabin in a city, if that city was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> So a cabin has to be, like, away from things? No, I think that's one prerequisite. I think it has to do with also uh, amenities. Is that, part of your, is that part of your definition of cabining, or is that just part of what a cabin is? I think, uh, uh, no, I think that's part of the definition of cabining, because I think you could have a cabin in your backyard. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but that, that's not cabining. Like, put, living, staying in the backyard in, the, like, a suburban environment. No, cabining is specifically Ooh. a destination. What? Uh, I just looked up the definition of cabin, yeah. and it says a small shelter or house made of wood and situated in a wild or remote area. So maybe it is part of the definition of cabin. Okay, well there you go. I, I my definition of cabining was not your primary residence necessarily, uh, also in a remote destination, that's possibly in the woods, maybe not, um, and doesn't have all the amenities that you would have in a generally in a primary residence. So is that uh, different than glamping then, right? I would think, I think glamping to me is camping with more amenities than traditional camping. But you could glamp in a cabin. I mean, that seems like an amenity right that there. Would be, that would be a glabbening. A glamp happening? No, glabbening. <laughs> okay, here's another one. So uh, just probing this whole definition of cabining. What if I love you my have, cabin? I love when my definitions get probed. Yeah, uh, you have a trailer with a wooden shack on it, just like a shack, like no power, no nothing, just you know, like the, like a cabin, a cabin on a trailer. But you pull the cabin out to some sort of remote area or where you're going to camp. Wait, do you pull the cabin out, stay- or does it stay on the bed? Does it stay on the flatbed? Uh. Either way, I don't know. I was imagining it stays on the flatbed, or maybe you put bricks under under it, like so it's propped up where so the wheels aren't on the ground. Uh, that's cabining to me. That's that would be that's so that's, not, yeah, that would be cabining. You bring in the cabin. That's a mo- that's mobile cabining. <laughs> Interesting, but it's different than a camper. Definitely different than a camper. You can't cabin in a camper. You can't cabin in a camper unless the ca- unless no, you can't. I don't think you can. All right. I think wood no, is. I think. I think. Done. I think wood as the primary like building, like uh, whatever material. Yeah. I, th- I think you can. I think a cabin is like you have to have wood as the primary building material. Cool. I can see that. And I also think a cabin could theoretically be very nice and have electricity, modern amenities. But running. is that still cabin? That's. I would say that's a cabin, and I would not say that is cabining. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. So my definition. So how was your your cabin? Your cabining. 
It was very good. Very good. It was out in the... I want to like get too into the details, but it was a friend's cabin. His father bought it in the 60s. Um, and it's it's actually situated, I mean, it's sort of like in in between, like it's in essentially in the national park, but they own eight acres, which is weird, right? Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. So it's like this long story complicated, but uh, it turns out the father fought to not have to lease it or sell it or anything. And yeah. uh, the government <clears throat> ended up like not pursuing it any further. There used to be a bunch more cabins there, but there isn't any more because a lot of them took the government up on the offer. So I think uh, this is one of the last few that are left. I think there's five remaining. One is on a lease and the other ones are still owned. Um, And uh, it's very nice. It's very nice. It's apparently, although it's not actually written anywhere, um, but family lore of the the people we stayed at, it's the westernmost uh, private property in the United States. Wait, so are they the westernmost of the four cabins that you said were out there? Yes, they are. Oh, that's that is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, pretty. That cool. might be giving too much away about the location. You think? No, I don't know. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but we didn't see a soul. We got there on a Friday, Saturday, left Sunday at like three, and uh, I never saw another single person at all. It's pretty cool. That's the a relax, desolate, relaxing time. Yeah, uh, no electricity. Used rainwater to wash our pots and pans and our hands. Uh, brought water for consumption. Um, did a lot of good cooking. A lot of good cooking. Was there cell service? No cell service. No cell service. Mm-hmm. I had no, the only thing I had with me was my um, my Kindle that actually was useful in any stretch of you know any like. And yeah. uh, I ended up finally. I've been. Before I, I don't want to go. I'll actually go into that next. Um, but uh, we played some board games, hung out on the beach. Uh, I brought these um, shots from Germany. They're called like klopfers, and you're supposed to like, what? yeah, they're like these little liqueurs, like anywhere between fifteen and twenty percent liquor. One was called uh, Top Speed, and it tasted like Red Bull. It was a liqueur, tasted like Red Bull. The other one was Blood Orange. And the other one was... That was uh, the name or the flavor? The flavor. Klopfer was the name. It's a party thing. They're like little shots. And then uh, the last one was um, uh, lychee ginger, which... Ooh, that sounds super good. So anyway, the rule of Klopfer is you slam them down, right? You slam them down. You take the cap off, the little cap. You put it on your nose, okay? (laughs) And then you put the thing in your mouth, and you're supposed to leave it in your mouth, and then you... Oh, first you clink, put it in your mouth, and then you like keep it in your mouth, and then you lift it up, and you drink without your hands like that yeah um they were very tasty i didn't really feel like i got they didn't like really hammer me the the red bull one was i actually like the chili blood blood orange i think that was actually oh, it was chili it was chili blood orange i got that wrong it was called chili blood orange oh that doesn't sound as good as like ginger blood orange or what no you it was ginger lychee was the other one oh ginger lychee oh yeah and then uh chili blood orange and red bull effectively although they called it top speed Oh, that's yeah. That's basically Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no 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 caffeine in it, though. Um, and so we drank and and ate good meals and and then took off. It was it was it was a very lovely, relaxing time. I had a great time with the folks. I was really appreciative uh, of them inviting me out and the circumstances of that cabin and its mere existence. I thought was very special. So I was a uh, shout out to the family that took us out there. So um, that is cool. But I did finish Seven Eves, the novel Seven Eves. Do you know what that? Do yeah. you know what that is? No, I've never heard it. Oh yeah, how's your book? We haven't done a book count this year. My book count is pathetic. It is the worst. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I've even wrote down any of the books I've read. It's pretty. Pathetic. I haven't like read a book like probably the whole time we've been doing the show. <laughs> Donald Trump doesn't read either. As a matter of fact, I saw recently a um, like a book list that Donald Trump should read, and it was like. Like read these, uh, read the Steve Jobs bio or whatever. Like people, yeah. Nope. I don't want to get into this too much, but we have too many. We have too many people making content, us included, pretty much. That like, I know. People spend so much time creating content that uh, fake news, like the actual legitimate fake news, is inevitable because like there's just it's a glut of information. It's too much, and there's it's hard to filter. Yeah, um, and then I mean, you can. Everyone has their opinion, and you can like see the facts how you want to see them. 
but then like it can be like that's different than just making it up so then like you can kind of have both ways but then skew it you know yeah that's like which is what like which is what journalism supposedly was supposed to be is to it's like to filter through the things that don't matter and like it is kind of like content curation but supposedly the things that like should matter to everyone that's like the integrity of journalism which like it's there's plenty of information to make any view that you want yeah i know it's called marketing i've worked i've done sales marketing in my lifetime you could you could bob and spin and weave a story any way you want to like make it to make something look more legitimate than it actually is it's kind of like i think we've i think i've used this analogy before it's like two people run in a race and then afterwards it's like the person who came in second says, I came in second. And the person who came first, you're like, they came in next to last. You know what I mean? Like classic. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like in on, a, on a story. So like, like this, this propaganda or like whatever you want to call it, like misrepresentation, this has historically always been the case, but now yeah. have such a, um, so much more information out there. Um, yeah. I mean, it is just easier to like, put anything you want out there and it's like more normal now i mean before like the internet's been around for a while but then like people didn't trust it as much or it like wasn't like mainstream but now that it's like full-on like mainstream like it's officially like super mainstream yeah like yeah yeah, then everyone just takes it at face value kind of like tv like you could say like well they said it on tv but tv is actually like harder to get on but like on the internet well they said it on the internet like that doesn't really work I mean, it didn't work for TV either, but like, it way doesn't work for the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 mechanism. So the, there's a book called um, uh, "The Inevitable" by Kevin. I forget his name, but he was the original editor of Wired, and uh, it's like 15 or 16 things that are inevitably going to happen in in the world of technology or technology plus the world. And one yeah. of them was this uh, this siloing or filter, like they call. I think he called it the great. It's not the great filter, which is the like Fermi paradox kind of thing. Where, but it's effectively like that, which is like as algorithms become so 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 smart and and yeah. know so much about you and the news that you consume and like that, it will be nearly impossible for you to ever get if you don't like actively push yourself out of the the siloed amount of news that you're actually looking into you'll never be able to escape point of views and news of your interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it'll just create fractures in society where people won't be able to empathize or relate to point of views that are outside of the purview of your essentially algorithmically fed news feed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, we already see parts of that happening now. I mean, the fact that, um, but you'd think that the people who run those algorithms would, I mean, that's the same as like uh, journalistic integrity that you would want to like skew that to make a, you know, like for people's benefit, but no. then they're not because it's for marketing, but like yeah, you should, no. like that's the integrity of it. So you would hope that that would happen at some point also. Well, I think there's two, I think th- this is, and then now we're getting into sort of the, like what I said, the attention economy and the ethics of, of what we perceive as uh, value uh, individually, um, the and and what we dis- decide as or not we us but companies decide is a successful business model. So for them, a successful business model is like, can I get that person to open the app, right? Or can I get that person to use the app? Or can I get that person to open the app and buy something in that app, right? Yeah. Or can I get someone to like see a news story? that I feed to them just in their daily life in either whatever Google news or Facebook news or Apple news or any of these kind of like algorithmically driven um, news feeds. And this doesn't necessarily even have to be content created by a journalist or anything. It could be anything, your friends post, it could be episode of fresher and parlance um, for them. They, their success is, is, is how could I get someone to watch more? You know what I mean? Yeah. Being enthused more. And I think that there that is how we define success um, in these business models. And I think that's the troubling sign for ethics. Um, yeah, in, I mean, in, well, that's the, I feel like that you could chalk that up to the same thing as a casino because it's just playing on uh, like some human weakness that like we inherently are like instinctually would like go for this like, you know, tricking yourself thing where like, 
the payoff is good, but then like the losing doesn't feel as bad like as the payoff, and then like you lose in the end. Oh, well, I mean, so okay, so that's money, right? This is attention, and I think no, um, I mean, it's the the my point is just that they're both like like human flaws that can be exploited. Oh, like agreed. people don't, don't look like it's, you're you're exploiting something about people that's inherent, and then they don't notice that you're doing it, just like gambling. Oh, for sure. And I th- so here's I think my general perspective on this is not too dissimilar to what you're saying, and I agree 100. percent Like I think almost all. I mean, if we're going to talk compulsion, I think free to play or pay to play uh, mobile video, like mobile video games and stuff like that. Yeah, I like think transactions. I think that is like this a cesspool. I think that the 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 the, the tactics for which they use to uh, lure people in. Um, are, are borderline criminal. I, I believe, like, it's just it's so like manipulative and uh, very easy to um, seduce users and to play off of the, the yeah, compulsive. or like that uh, that that auction site thing, like the um, the penny auction sites. Yeah, where like they have the time, but then it's like totally like you could get this super good deal. You just have to like click it exactly the right time or whatever. That's totally like similar. I think yeah, to what you're talking and about. And I borderline I think those I also think those are should be illegal. Like it's because the price that's actually be, the item is being sold for is not actually the amount of money. I think I saw a exposé on those types of sites because the way it works and for folks who don't know, there's these sites where it's like you could bid up things like buy a penny. Like so it's like this video games like they'll show you a site. This uh Xbox One system sold for $13.64. That's a 387% savings in retail. What they don't tell you, or let's say it's 60 bucks or whatever, every single one of those bids had to be purchased for yeah. whatever amount. And it only, each bid is probably like 10 to 50 cents. So yeah. whatever, let's just say it's 10 cents. And so you're paying $10 gets you, uh, you know, uh, 100 bids. And so people just buy a hundred bids, and so everything, every bid goes up a penny. So yeah, you only pay thirteen dollars if you actually win the penny bid or whatever. But yeah. you also ended up probably bidding like maybe a hundred dollars worth of time. So you're actually paying a hundred plus, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's way more than that. Sometimes you may not even get the item itself because, and also there's been proven that like these companies are so shady, they actually knock it up. They just put fake items. They knock it up. Also. One. Uh... On the chat, Ty says, I love the sales pitch voice. <laughs> What's my sales pitch voice? That, well, where you, you just do the one cent per thing or whatever, $13. <laughs> that was my rendition. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, come on in, folks. Check it out. Yeah, it's, it's you know, honestly, it, uh, it's very similar to uh, if you go to um, a carnival. Um, and you 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 are walking by and you see it like a game you kind of want to play and then there's a guy who's like step right up folks a winner every time you know it's like it's kind of like that bullshit except at like a very skeevy level so anyway back to the attention thing uh just briefly it's like if if you feel like here's the thing if you assume goodwill right you assume goodwill which i think sometimes people do assume goodwill like they just assume that the thing that there's like fox news viewers users or viewers and msnbc viewers and every news like things that have a editorial slant to it or maybe a political bias you know what i mean if they only stay in that world they assume everything that they're hearing is true and therefore their brain is shaped and their thoughts are shaped by said thing we already have this but like imagine it in a, a situation where it's not just um, it's not just like political news or news news, but like hobby news or um, sports news or every single thing that you could possibly think of that you have somewhat of an interest in. Um, it's uh, it's it's like here's the thing: I don't really like the NBA. I think I searched last year during the NBA Finals. Uh, I wanted to see who was like you know it was Golden State beating the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ever since then, I I get like the standings in my google thing it's like i don't really like like basketball and it just shows up and i feel like that's some of the detriment to algorithmic stuff it's like you do one-off things and it's just like sort of like wait that's the opposite of what you were just saying no i know but that's um that's what leads to the other thing 
you know what I mean? Like that's what's that's the choice making that you're making that's bringing in the into the feed. That's the decisions you're making to give them the choice to bring it in. And you know, yeah. honestly, it's not so much the top level stuff that's the terrible stuff. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, so. Totally oh yeah, like you wanted to have that game, the ten clicks or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We were supposed to do ten clicks. Damn it! I don't know um, if we were going to, but like you talked about it. No, we were. Going I don't know to... if that would work out that well on. I was going to share my screen and then go through it. Um, (laughs) So, so, but you know, it's the thing. It's like, if you watch YouTube, right. And you get at the top, right. And it's maybe some alt-right video or whatever, crazy, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just some other video. Like if you keep watching, you're going to, it's going to keep giving like more and more video. This has actually been proven actually. So I've actually, I I would like that's, I would expect that. That's what I would want it to do. No, but I don't think you would want what. Here's what the problem with this, and maybe we could agree to disagree, or maybe you think that this is actually correct. Um, Do you think that it should show you some opposite view? No, I'm saying that the way YouTube kind of algorithm works is that there's let's just say there's a giant pool of videos, right? And yeah, the, and the pools of the, the, the if you were going to think about the, the the video that you're very much interested in, okay, like the one that you want to watch, and it's let's say it's Fresher and Parlance, okay. This is a bad example, but like Fresher and Parlance, okay. And so <laughs> you go to YouTube and you're like, I want to watch episode 139 of Fresher and Parlance. If the people who watch Fresher and Parlance start to watch weird fringe, like I don't know UFO, like like conspiracy theories. Yeah, and yeah. The thing is, is that like the, the way YouTube does their algorithm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, they look at who watched it and what those other people watch and then suggest that to the people who watch it too. Cause they figure that the other person would be a similar, like have similar taste. Right. And so there was some people who, That's a, I, yeah, I like ahead. the thing uh, on Amazon where like, if you go and look at, um, World of Warcraft and like the suggested purchases are like uh they had like diapers and like hot pockets and like, you know, like all of the like super like crazy stuff like I don't like if you look at the suggested purchases for like weird things on Amazon just like the weird comments on like funny products that could be a segment a by the way thing. that could be a segment suggested for you um, oh, we did that like with the um the reviews that one time remember yeah, we did. We actually did do that. That was for uh, the Spencer's gift site where Christian I read. Parlance did it. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, did the it. point is, is like if, especially in that alt right world where it starts getting into more and more white supremacist kind of like, like offshoots at the. Let's say you're at the start of the circle, and then you start getting further and further out. The videos start yeah. to get more and more extreme because you've already reached. You've already, you've already honed in. Yeah, well, you've already watched all the good ones. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's just naturally pulling in like crappier or less, but also similarly kind of viewed stuff. Yeah. And I think that, that's what I'm talking about also. Like, so like the NBA, like NBA standings is the top. Like I asked for something, it gave me something. And then it just assumed I was interested in that. Now yeah. I could easily just swipe that away and say, I'm not interested in the, uh, NBA standings, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's fine. But I think it's kind of like that because I occasionally read things that are um, not politically in line with what I necessarily believe in ideologically. Um, Yeah. I mean, I always, if I'm going to look at something that I don't want to, like a one-off thing and I'm not interested in ever knowing anything like regularly about it. You go incognito? I just use an incognito window. Yeah, it's a good idea. I get some weird ass shit Google recommends to me. Yeah, because I don't. I like I, I curate my Google profile because I know that it's going to suggest things, and I want it to suggest things that like I'm actually interested in, or I want to like. Yeah, I curate it. But you can see what I'm saying. You're curating it. I think that's smart, and I sort. I've definitely done that with my Facebook feed. You know what I mean? But what? Yeah. I, but you can understand what I'm saying in terms of the danger. I mean, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't do that, and then they just go check it out, and then they keep getting it. Yeah, and I. And by the way, like Facebook, like didn't have a filter for fake news at one point, and so if someone yeah. shared it and it showed up on your feed, it would be it would seem legitimate. Or if they just like during the election when these uh, people were not actually trying to get people to vote, but actually actively trying to suppress voting. Um, yeah. 
it, it, and, and they're posting stories. It's crazy. Like, I, I feel like the, the, the tools for the way we can be manipulated are, and the amount of data we have to be so precise with our data manipulation is, uh, yeah. is, is it, we're at a point now where it's, it's, it's extremely dangerous. And I think while, yes, you say there are a bunch of good actors that are doing the right thing. Wait, pro- oh, you mean, yeah. You. you no, I didn't say there's a bunch. I was just talking about, like, journalistic integrity about how it used to work. Yeah. And that it doesn't, you don't need to have integrity anymore because anyone can do it. Right. Well, I guess that's true. But I guess what I'm saying, there's people that are good actors, but there's a plenty of bad actors. And I think that's what's the problem is there's, and I think yeah. that's the same. And, and like, this is also not on topic, but also on topic. Um, not on our uh, notes here, but the uh, gerryman- gerrymandering. Oh, yeah. It's gerrymandering stuff. So, I guess the only other country that does that is France. So I, I, I listened to some uh, and read some because that's recently the Supreme Court had um, heard the, the case about the gerrymandering in Wisconsin. And yeah. uh, there's two terms called cracking and packing. Yeah. Um, and one is like you split up groups and the other one is you bring groups together to kind of like create um like a better district a better district they did these modeling this regression modeling because they had so much data to use with the census data and everything in wisconsin they were able to look at like the history of voting for like the last i don't know i forget how many elections yeah and then redraw the maps like literally like if you know my neighbor could not be in my district. Like just like yeah. the line is like cut right down the middle. Like it's with just no- all has like little tiny square things of like the specific people and stuff. Yeah. It's like up and like left, right. If there's no, and they said it so that um, even if it was a historic, like a historic, like landfall, like, like a, was a windfall of democratic voters came to vote. They would yeah. still win the majority of the seats in the state houses by i think they have like i forget what it was i think they have like uh 80 or maybe it's maybe it's 100 they would still win like 59 yeah like it was or it's like 49 or 59 but it was like maybe it's 60 and they can never lose more than 49 and it's crazy it's absolutely bonkers and so uh, what i'm saying is like this is how data could be used in a way that's so manipulative and why i think this case is very important in the supreme court because like it there is a standard now like there like it they always used to say that's a state issue. That's a state issue. And by the way, this goes both ways. Like it's not just a re- in this case, it's Republican, but Democrats do this as well. Um, yeah. It it creates a uneven playing field, and effectively, whoever was in charge at the moment when the census happened and the data was available, like they create a perpetual majority. Like there's no way, unless there's some massive demographic flip, because like I don't know, like, like during a time, yeah, which yeah. doesn't happen that like. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't happen over like a census period. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, yeah. because you know, generally, like Democratic voters are in cities and and some suburbs around said big cities, and the rest are district outside of the city. I mean, that's just like how it works here in the United States. Um, they just they just split those cities up into like five districts. They just take a chunk here, take a chunk there, take a chunk there, but like only enough so that it would just be like a not like twenty percent of the vote. And like, yeah. it's just so shady. Anyway, that's another way in which data could be manipulative. Yeah. The ethics... of data... What? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Data manipulation. Yeah. I was going to bring up, um, I was just reading about the uh, new version of the AlphaGo uh, artificial intelligence that Google made last year. Had you heard of that? That the AlphaGo was the AI that was trained with like, 30 million uh, like like go experts which go is like the the game where you have the black and white stone things on the on the like grid and you have to move them around and like you take them and you, I think the goal is to have the most stones on like at the end I don't know the rules that much it's like but, I, I if I remember correctly it like colors flip depending if you close the thing I've played it only I think on that's a solo though it's no but don't you block go off don't you block off by making like maybe anyways like it's a complicated game and like you know several years ago that was like one of the standards where they're like oh no 
artificial intelligence is going to be able to like beat the masters at this game, just like chess was in like the nineties or eighties or whenever like they beat the chess master. They're like, Oh, there's too many variants. There's no way that uh, artificial intelligence could learn to be able to beat the chess masters. And then they did. That was deep blue, right? Deep blue did it. Maybe. Yeah, probably. But then last year they did that. The go one, they beat the champions of go. Um, which was that no one thought they could do. They also, speaking of ones that people said that they could never win, like people always say like, oh no, that's too complicated. Like, I feel like at this point, it's like clear that it's not too complicated. <laughs> like you can model these things. Like we have enough processing power to do all of those things, at, like you're saying with the data. But so anyways, it beat the Go champions. And now like the AlphaGo was the basically world champion for Go. And other masters have played them and every time it plays it like learns more because it's like learned from all of these master players like through all of this data that they trained it because they had to train the alpha go like artificial intelligence right but uh so they made a new one that's um they use a slightly different uh learning algorithm thing where it like used two like it was like a learning mesh thing so it had two parallel um parallel artificial intelligences that would like feed off of each other. And so then it like it just learned slightly different. And it actually used less processing power because they use this um they use like um specific chips for the artificial intelligence learning thing, uh neural networks. But uh anyways, AlphaGo Zero. They set that up and they taught it the rules of the game because it's a pretty straightforward game. You know, like there's a limited amount of things you can do and like it has like a finite board and everything. So they set up the rules and they had AlphaGo Zero train itself. It played itself for like three days. It played like something like three million games against itself to learn how to play the game, like only knowing the rules, which is beyond like what other, like before you couldn't do that because you can't just try every single thing. Like that's, there's too many variants to try every single thing. Like that's like breaking encryption or something. But the AlphaGo Zero one like taught itself to be a Go master by itself, no human input, in like two days, three, two or three days, and now it can beat the Alpha, the original AlphaGo, one hundred out of one hundred games, like, and no person can beat it, and so like it taught it, it taught itself to be a better player than even humans could, because they were saying part of the learning for AlphaGo was that oh well. It learned from Go Masters. There's no way it would be able to figure all of these strategies and things out by itself because it's too complicated. But like the new one, it disproved that. So they can learn these complicated things by themselves. They don't need any human models. And the Go Masters were looking at their example games because you know it plays all the games against itself, and so like you can look at the recording and like see how see all of the strategies it used. And they were like the old the Go Masters were saying. Like yeah, these are these are like amazing strategies. I've never seen anyone do these before, but like, they totally worked. And it did. The thing about it is, you have to be um, subtle about it because you have to like kind of look into the future. But there's no, there's too many possibilities to know exactly what a player's going to do because there's like so many moves you can do. So you have to like kind of like lose at some points to be able to win in the future, which is one of the things that's hard for the artificial intelligence things to do because. It's more straightforward to just always make the win the move that wins because you can't look ahead enough. So that's why you need the strategies to be able to like see patterns like for like long term, which most artificial intelligence wouldn't be able to do. But anyways, so algorithms. Pretty soon you'll just be able to put the data in and you have like a set like requirement that you need. And uh it will be able to just solve all of like the very best things in ways that people couldn't even think of. Um, so and that's you, already that's here now. I mean, I I thought that it already could kind of do that, but this is like they're saying it's another. It's the next level of like, uh, like even all of the experts are saying like, wow, like I didn't expect that it would work that well. Kind of like the chess thing. Like it's like this is like a milestone in like artificial intelligence that they can apply the same model to other things because the whole thing is they did it in a slightly different way. So there's going to be a lot more like development in these kinds of things like in the very near future. They're saying they're going as far as thinking that it's close to being the singularity of artificial intelligence because it can train itself now with no human intervention when it knows the rules. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
you used to spend a lot of time talking about Go and the and the um and you know the future of of machine learning and AI yeah. and <laughs> and all that stuff. And all I could think about is the ultimate meaning, the ultimate question from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. Oh, yeah, for the team. Yeah, but I was. Trying, you were talking about like, um, I feel like you were. You, you were talking about this going to be really fast, and I was trying to remember how long. The remember because it was a really long time in the. Oh yeah, it was like a hundred years or like hundreds of years. Hundreds and hundreds of years, I think. But I maybe mean, like a thousand years, and there was like the there was like a society of people who were there just to maintain the robot while it was doing it. Yeah, exactly. And and I, it didn't, you know, it took 10 million years. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hence Steve thought made the planets plans for the supercomputer earth that would solve the question in 10 million years. Uh, okay. Here, the ultimate question is the actual inquiry behind the ultimate answer to life, the universe and everything. Oh, that's right. The computer was like, the answer was 42. And then they were like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to build a, I'm going to build another computer that will actually explain what that means. And that supercomputer was Earth. But yeah. then, but then the, that it was, the Earth was destroyed right before it was able to answer the question. Uh, That's I right. didn't know that was a thing, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it seems to me uh, Douglas Adams got it wrong, is that if we – I don't think we need um, – I don't think we need enough. I don't think we need 10 million years to get the answer no. to yeah, the meaning of life because it sounds like we're going to I mean, I, well, I don't think that there's like – yeah. I mean, the question – like, I don't know. I think well, that's it's a dumb question. What's the meaning of life? Yeah. Do you think that's a dumb question? I do. Uh, could you give me other examples <laughs> of questions you think are dumb? Uh, why are we here? Which is pretty much the same question. That's exactly the same question. I mean, not really. How about, do you think I'm pretty? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that is. I mean, no, I guess that's no, because it's asking for someone's opinion. The other one is asking like, a, like a, an opinion thing about facts, which is, that's why I don't think it's a good question. Like, uh, is two plus two really four? Yeah. Um, that's yeah, similar to that. Like, it's... So, yeah. um, speaking of which, I don't know if you know this, but Go, you know the game Go. And by the way, it but is Go, about it's talking a bit a lot, yeah. about it at length, but I actually don't know that much about it. Well, apparently, I well the one you were talking about at length um, in the I don't know if you know this, but the Chinese scholars have the four arts of the Chinese scholar. It was the yeah. main four main academic and artistic accomplishments required to be uh, aristot uh, aristocratic uh, ancient Chinese scholar gentleman caste. Yeah. One of them was uh, being a master of the game of Go. I don't know that. So I was thinking we should um, uh, teach them the other three, uh, AI, the other three, to create a uh, sentient, uh, Aristotle, ancient Chinese scholar, gentleman cast, android. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then as soon as you meet the requirements, they'll just make new ones because it's not a person. I guess. Probably well, one of the requirements is it has to be a person. No, it's not. It, well, well, maybe. Well, not here, but the it's. Uh, I know, but they, they could say that that's assumed. Oh, but then yeah. that's why all that's why all of the artificial intelligence is already going to be like at a loss for people because they'll just say like, well, it's not like a person, but it doesn't need to be like a person because it's like artificial intelligence. It's a whole different thing. Why does it have to be like a person? I believe the metaphorical term that people call that is called moving the goalpost. Have you ever heard of that moving the goalpost? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what that's what people do all the time, and it's also what uh, what the Trump officials do when they talk about collusion. It's like it's like no, no, we never met with them, and then we find the proof. It's like well, we did met with them, but we didn't talk about collusion. And they're like, no, did you talk about? Well, we no, we did talk about collusion, but it wasn't specifically about rigging the election. You know, like they keep yeah. moving the goalpost <laughs> away to the point where it's like, yeah, well, the first thing was terrible, but you keep going further down the path of like more terribleness. Um, <laughs> So oh, uh, speaking of more terribleness too, and since yeah. we're already talking about somewhat politics, you know that um, you know that guy that, that got rescued from the Taliban or whatever. Yeah, so I heard, yeah, there was like a like some. How long were they captive for, or what? What's going for on? Like five years. I mean, that whole thing is ridiculous by itself. Don't want to get into that, but I thought it was pretty funny. I read an article that said that the guy who was rescued, like, didn't believe that Trump was the president. Because I, I guess mean, they're out of the news or whatever, you know. I mean, I mean, 
I wouldn't that believe it. I don't think like you know, came back and was like, oh no, that's not that's not true. I still don't believe he's president. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, also speaking of artificial intelligence, I'm just going to run through my things because they're kind of tied together. I uh, fully the artificial intelligence for my eye patch. Hold on, I'll get it a little less rowdy. Was there any comments but, um, that on the? Did we? Did everyone leave? Did they know any comments going on? I don't know. Yeah, I probably bored them, but. Uh, Google Photos, which is cool that it does all the face recognition and everything. And, like, you know, it organizes everything. You can search for, like, pictures of boats, and then it'll be, like, whatever. They have just added a new feature, which is pretty amazing, where Google Photos will now recognize your pets. So it'll recognize, from what I read, dogs and cats. Like, tell them apart from each other. So you can put in your dog's name and then search for your specific dog in your photos, and then it'll find them all. That's pretty cool, I guess. Just like a person face. It's um, That'll go really well with the dog the dog uh, facial recognition software for the NSA. It's like... Yeah, I know. We're looking for Rover. He's been missing... <laughs> He's a, a well-known uh, poodle who's been up to no good. Yeah, they'll have like the, um, they'll be like analyzing all the security, the surveillance camera footage for dog faces. For yeah, for like dogs that poop on uh, neighbors' lawns. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that was. Oh, I mean, since I'm going on tech stuff, also uh, interesting point: the WPA2 encryption for Wi-Fi, which is basically what everybody uses everywhere for encryption now. Yeah, it's totally been broken, so it's no longer secure. So people oh. can totally like inject things onto your, um, onto your Wi-Fi and like you know take over the things that you're looking at just by being like I near think, your Wi-Fi. Hotspot. I think I'm on WPA too. I think I need everybody to get is. It's the most. It's the most safe one. That's like most recent. There's nothing different than it. That's like they cracked the main one, and now it has like a huge vulnerability. So wait, what are the other ones? WPA? There's WPA, which was also cracked. That's why they made WPA2. And then there was WEP before. And WEP was not secure at all. Ugh, I don't... So what, what's, what's one supposed to do now? I know, right? They don't have a... Like, they, they put patches out. Like, most operating systems have put patches out. But I don't, it's in the protocol, so I don't know. I don't know. It's just like... So how do they... So here's the question. How are they actually... Do they have to be on your network to inject the thing? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, but the, the thing is that they can be on your network. They still have to get near you. Yeah, like it's just like getting on the net. But if it's for a uh, business or something, like you could just go to some corporate headquarters and get on their Wi-Fi. What? Because everybody uses WPA two. That's just the standard. Oh my! It's gosh. the best one. But now that's like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of security things coming out. So what's and once the, the once they have the self learning AIs that can like basically all the things will be automatically cracked because it'll find all the errors that we've ever made because people make things and they have errors. <sighs> Ugh, <laughs> dumb, dumb. Yeah, looks like I'm gonna have to change my password from Password. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't need but, to. What does it matter now? They could just come in. It doesn't and, matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always think of the famous, not famous, the funny line from um, Spaceballs when uh, like they, they're trying to use the giant vacuum to suck up the all of the oxygen from the planet and they need yeah. the password to oh, get yeah. in. And he's like, what's your password? He's like, five. No, one, it was like one, two, three, yeah. four, five. And then it's like, that's the worst password ever. And then the the other, the 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 the, the, the evil, like whatever, the Mel Brooks character is yeah. like, Remind me to change the password on my luggage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Ty says, with the whole dog thing, now people can kidnap my dog to unlock my iPhone, which is a good point. That's something you have to watch out for. What now? Kidnap your dog to unlock your iPhone. Why? Because of the face recognition? Oh, so wait. So Ty uses his dog for facial recognition? So you open his iPhone? And his dog could also be authorized, yeah. What? I know I know that people did that. They um they used their uh like toe print on the fingerprint reader or something. That's interesting. And then they like I think it was there I saw some things of people doing weird stuff like that. 
Um, so the, the, from what I understand, the, the fingerprint reading, like, uh, so they can't ask you for a password at like, you know, when you're coming through uh, customs or whatever, they can't yeah. actually ask you for a password. You're not legally required to give a password. I don't believe, but apparently if you have the fingerprint reader on there, yeah, it, it will just open up. They can do that. They could ask you, yeah. they could take your fingerprint. They can. Yeah, I know that's so the fingerprint thing is like less secure. That's dumbass bullshit. You open it with this fingerprint. And with like facial recognition, like, um, can't they just show your like shove it in your face and it'll open it up? Yeah, that's also really dumb. I think that they can. I would just shut Messed all that. Up, man. I would just shut all that off and just use a password. Probably. I think that's what I'm going to do from now on. I think the finger thing, thing is pretty useful. I mean, I feel like the password is pretty like nominal, anyways. Like, uh. It doesn't really matter. I mean, like, if someone wanted to get into it, they could. I don't have anything, like, that's crazy. Like, somebody who steals my phone is not going to worry about that. And if somebody wants to actually get into it, they already could. You know what someone who does have incriminating uh, stuff on their phone says? What? The exact same thing you just said. <laughs> I don't have anything incriminating on no, my phone. convenience. Uh-huh. Um, dude... I thought you know this you know screaming this is like way off topic but you know screaming teenagers we know when they see stuff and they go screaming 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 or whatever I'm like oh yeah. I was reading this story I'm I'm looking at it right now this fan first off I didn't know one I didn't know one direction still had fans do you know the band one direction yes I didn't even know they were still a thing but anyway Apparently, this girl's this girl who uh, went to a One Direction concert screamed so much that her lungs collapsed. Yeah, that's crazy. Did she like survive? Apparently, she survived. She went to the hospital straight. Uh, they the straight afterwards, they found her air had leaked into three different anatomical spaces. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't what? know. Like just inside. What's like in her in their body? Yeah. What, what does that mean? Anatomical. Because whenever I, the only time I've ever heard uh, anatomical was anatomically correct, as in like, is that doll yeah. anatomically correct? As in like, I, know. That... I think it's just like parts of your body, I guess. Uh, but instead of breathing the normal sixteen to twelve, twelve to uh, by the way, did you know an average human breathes sixteen, twelve to sixteen times a minute? I did not. That oh, sounds she, reasonable. She was breathing. Uh, she was breathing twenty-two times a minute, and. Um, she also noticed that uh, whenever she breathed, it had a crunchy sound like a uh, Rice Krispie. Oh, yeah, that sounds not good. I mean, yeah. having asthma, I have that sometimes, too. I have asthma. Are we both asthmatic? Somewhat, yeah. I don't know what that means. Did you know fish could get depressed? <laughs> that was. I think that's probably one of the best non-lead-ins that we've had on the show. <laughs> Are we both asthmatic? I don't know what that means. You know, <laughs> fish can get depressed. <laughs> Plus, it's just a random story. I and also, I did not. Neither did I. I, I fish didn't have feelings. I thought that was the whole thing of them. This is what I'm learning. And so apparently, so some guy was like... Are you reconsidering fishing? No. If anything, it's like not... It's... it's Put them out of their misery? No. If, if anything, when I release them back in, like they're super thrilled that they were, they're free. Because I'm I'm doing more uh, catch and release now. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, so this guy apparently saw a uh, a Siamese fighting fi fighting fish in a tank. Yeah. And took a picture of it. <laughs> and he's like, this fish looks depressed. <laughs> and then he started asking questions to like bot um uh like botanists and not botanists. What do you call those fish doctor? What do you call fish doctor? I've never even heard of a fish doctor. Like a fish specialist. Yeah, okay, I'll go with fish specialist. Well, anyway, he, he started asking questions to, like, scientists, different scientists, and he found one that uh, is a neurochemist, which I don't even yeah. know what a neurochemist is, but it sounds like you, do, you make elixirs for the brain. It's <laughs> so, like your brain chemistry. So anyway, he said, um, this guy says that uh, not only are... Um, Fish so uh, the, uh, fish are very obvious about their depression. Yeah, that he could reliably test the effectiveness of antidepressant uh, antidepressants with something called a novel tank test. Um, huh. 
A zebrafish gets dropped into a new tank. After five minutes, it is hanging out in the lower left half. It's depressed. If it's swimming, it's up top. It's usually inclin its usual inclination when exploring a new environment. Then it's not. So they essentially induce depression in fish by keeping it drunk on. Doesn't does it works? Oh, dude, this is even crazier. They induce depression in fish by keeping it drunk on ethanol for two weeks. And yeah. Then they cut off supply to put it into withdrawal. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> then they put it into a tank to make sure that it goes to the bottom of the tank because that's where depressed fish go. And then they get. <laughs> Then they give it antidepressants, and within two weeks, the fish will move its way to the top again. But this seems like a really bad test because maybe it's just no longer like you know in need of alcohol, and it's just like happy yeah. again. You know what I mean? I feel like you need like a longer, um, like a longer waiting period after the alcohol. Right. Yeah. Maybe they did that. I don't know. So anyway, a pit, like for all I know, I've the Brisbane Times, which is an Australian um, newspaper, I guess. Who knows? This could be totally fake news. I could be reading fake news right now, but like <laughs> these are Harvard people who are like it says Harvard Medical School. And, yeah, but uh, that could be fake too. I know this could be totally just fake. But anyway, apparently, fish can't get depressed, according to this article. It says the New York Times at the bottom of the article. Oh really? Oh, so maybe they they pulled the article from the New York Times. Let New York Times is fake news, anyways. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Like, if people say fish have no feelings, then how could they be depressed? I know, right? Or they don't feel pain, or something. Or that's what you had said. They don't feel pain. I don't know that much about fish. Uh, this, by the way, the, the the pain thing. I had read somewhere one time, and like. I don't know what to say. Like maybe they do if they if they could feel depression. I don't know how could they not possibly feel pain. I mean, I guess it could be just like separate things. I mean, I think that people with like disorders can feel uh, depressed, but then also not feel pain. Yeah, but that's like one offs. You know what I mean? Yeah, but maybe that's just how fish are. I'm just saying that's it's well. It possible. seems to me that depression is a much more complex quote unquote feeling than the actual feeling of like you know pain which is like just a basic sensory feeling yeah ty you know, also like, says two weeks is about how long it takes for him to recover from a good binge does he but yeah but does he float at the bottom of the tank or does he float at the top of the tank and is he taking antidepressants <laughs> no i mean the antidepressants is the the test thing like we're just talking about the fish that it would you know you, it floats at the bottom, and then like you go wait a while, and if it's still down there, then it's depressed. I see what you're saying. Unrelated you mean, to the alcohol. Well, I mean, it's good to know that people still binge on alcohol, because I was unsure, because I haven't had a binge in a while. <laughs> um, they do. So I, I'm, I, you can see here the remnants of some uh, kettle corn. Do you see that? Yeah. I feel like kettle corn is... I was eating this prior to the show, as you know, because I was chewing in your ear. Um. <laughs> I feel like kettle corn is like one of those things you buy at fairs and stuff. And I never, do you eat all the kettle corn at the, at the fair? Uh, no, I mean, sometimes I guess, but it's, I've maybe got it in my whole life, like three times. Really? I probably get it th at least three times a year. My main like fair thing, I would get an elephant ear or, uh, I always look for the, um, deep fried peanut butter jelly sandwiches, but they don't have that often. I see those still. I see, they're not as popular as they once were, but they're still around. That's but my any, favorite. But anyway, kettle corn, which, by the way, has a profit of like, I don't know, a billion, billion. Like you make a billion dollars just by selling one. That's how much profit I know. you um, Anyway, I feel like kettle corn is one of these things. You buy it, you eat like half of it, maybe even not even half of it. And then you bring it home and then you just throw it somewhere and you forget you have it for like a month. And then you're yeah. like, oh, that kettle corn can't be any good. So you throw it away. But no, my friend, fresher. I found this kettle corn. It's been sitting in our house for at least three weeks, and I started. So was eating. it still good? Isn't it just like um, stale? It wasn't stale. That was the thing. I thought it would be stale. I started eating it, and uh, maybe the the candy coated the kettle part of the kettle corn. Um, actually, just kept it fresh. That is interesting. So my neighbor, every once in a while, I see him out there making kettle corn oh really 
Yeah. I've never seen like a home kettle corner. Uh, it's weird because like I guess they would sell it for the high school or something. Like they would just like during the football games or whatever. But I guess maybe as the daughter graduated or whatever because I haven't seen him doing it in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he would do it. And it was like a booster club thing. And you make kettle corn. By the way, I just don't like my neighbors. I don't, say, say, I don't, I don't really like them. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, they, they definitely don't watch this show. But yeah, I don't really like them that much. I mean, they're fine. I only, it's just kind of like, whatever. It's fine. I mean, I always say I'm, I'm friendly. I'm not neighborly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all you, that's all you can do. I mean, you can't, you can't be friends with everyone. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, is like, I don't know. I don't know. After the whole lawn cutting thing. I'm yeah, like, that's ridiculous. So anyway, the, uh, I, so one day I was just like curious cause you know, they're like, he has, you know, the, the full like weld, welding, like, you know what I'm talking about? That big thing. Yeah, it's, oh yeah. Yeah. And he's, they're like pop, pop, pop in. And he has like the big tent, like the sun tent over it. Like he's, while he's not, he went all out, like the setup. You don't need, you're not selling it on the street at your house, right? He's just making it to bring somewhere else. I'm not sure. Maybe he didn't want kettle corn flying. Maybe he flies That's everywhere. Ridiculous. Maybe he just like was trying. Maybe they did do it at festivals or something. And like, he just was trying it out or something. I'll be honest. I did. I was fishing for some kettle corn. I'll be fair. I was going over there to see if he would bring me some kettle corn. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, if I heard, if someone came over and says, Oh, what you got there? Are you making some kettle corn? Oh, I love kettle corn. You know, like kind of like that. You would expect yeah. that they'd bring you some, you know, like, cause you've just, I know. Yeah. The cost is so minuscule, but no, I never got any kettle corn. You never got any? None. I didn't get any what? kettle corn. Yeah, that's but ridiculous. Another reason why that they don't—I'm pretty sure they don't like me either. <laughs> but the thing is, is like uh, two years ago, I had a bunch of leftover tomatoes and stuff, and yeah. uh, lettuce and things, and I gave them a whole—I gave them bags full of tomatoes. That's nice. Did <laughs> they say anything? No. Not even thanks. Uh, I mean, I handed it to them, and then they're like, like, I think, I think this is the, I'll give you the, I'm going to recreate this, like, is, this is like unsolved mysteries, the recreation. I, I go up to the door, ding dong. That was the doorbell, by the way. Ding dong. Yeah. Um, no answer. Ding dong. Second time. Finally, I hear thump, 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 thump. You know when you hear the thump, thump, thump when they're coming to the door? Yeah. Person answers the door. I go, oh, hey. Uh, and they're looking at me like, uh, you've never done, you've never been on my porch before. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Not, they didn't say that, but they gave me that look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like. They probably I, thought you were going like, to complain about something. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm super passive aggressive and I'm not a real complainer. Yeah. I mean, not that you would, but just like if they didn't talk to you much and then, yeah. Anyways, continue. So, so anyway, uh, I preemptively I held up the bag of tomatoes and I go, hey, I got a lot of tomatoes. Lots of cherry tomatoes here. And I give him like a gallon bag of them, like almost. Yeah. I said, here, have some, have these cherry tomatoes. And this is, this is what he says. Oh, you have a garden over there? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's pretty good. I've had it for like a couple of years. He's like, oh, thanks. I was like, enjoy. And then I walked away. You would think, <laughs> you would think that that interaction would be more pleasant. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm giving you free tomatoes. Yeah, that's why you cut your uh, lawn. I mean, it's possible. I mean, that would be... I didn't, I didn't know this backstory. Maybe he was doing <laughs> a kind favor too. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, Maybe yeah. it wasn't like the passive-aggressive thing. He, but he did leave the clippings on your yeah. porch. Yeah. Or the weeds or whatever. That's yeah. kind of... Yeah. Well, that was actually the time he cut it twice. Yeah. Um, so maybe like at that point he was like, maybe I needed to bring him some. Maybe he was fishing for some tomatoes. <laughs> we never got that kettle corn, so. And it's true. I never got the kettle corn. Anyway, uh, it it, um, it it was pretty good. The kettle corn. I ate most of it. Um, but the one thing he did tell me when I asked him about the kettle corn, he said, yeah. that, like uh, now by law, Washington State law, you have to put these like nutrition facts. You have this kettle corn back here. Oh so yeah, the nutrition facts. Yeah, nutrition facts. And um, I don't know if you know this. Um, but every single, all kettle corn has the same bag. They buy them from some kettle corn distributor bag. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he's like, yeah, you just ordered for this place. It sells the same bag. Cause, and it's all because it's the same ingredients. And who knows if this is even correct because, you know, everyone makes it maybe slightly different or whatever. I feel like the nutrition facts are that vague anyways. They're not really that specific. Well, I mean, this has calories, 107, um, uh, 170 calories. You know what, actually? That's not too bad. 170 calories for three cups of kettle corn. That seems pretty good. 
Wait, it's three cups, one serving? Yeah. So how the having having how many servings are on the bag seems like that would be much different. Well, they probably uh well, yeah, that should probably unless there's a line here that I'm not seeing that you fill it up to. Let me see. Cuz you ever see that like some of these companies they put the lines and you only fill it I up. I always to... thought that was cool when I worked at Starbucks. The little notches in their cups are lines for where to fill it to. Um yeah, it doesn't say, but let's see how many servings are in here. Um you know, it doesn't actually have the amount of servings in here, which means that, yeah, there's like interpretation to how much you can actually fill this up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, fish can get depressed and kettle corn tastes okay after a month. That's what I learned today. Oh, and AI is going to take over all of our gaming. No, oh, I mean, yeah, it's going to just take over everything, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Uh, you know, I've I've been like thinking, boy, man, I'm getting old. I'm getting outdated. I, I the everyone should just have a general feeling like, man, I'm going to be outdated at some point because these machines are coming. Um, uh, before we go, I don't know if you saw this game. Speaking of games, uh, did you see Which this one? the the Chinese uh, viral game? Oh, the clapping game. Yeah, what do you think about I that? I did. I noticed that it's kind of funny. So the game is. Um, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? I haven't been tracking all this. They're talking about like there's a bunch of political stuff in China now too. I haven't. I have no idea what's up with that. Yeah, there is. But some... I feel like this game is related to that. I probably so viral Chinese video game measures which players can clap fastest for President Xi Jinping. Tencent's <laughs> new mobile game, which uses a, which in which users applaud President Xi Jinping's party Congress speech, has been a hit. The game has been played more than 400 million times of October 18th website. Uh, what's on Weibo reported. Um, so essentially, I don't know, what's the rule? You just clap as much as you can? I think so, yeah. You just try to press it. As, like, I played some of those games. Those are pretty fun. Like, I always like the bubble popping ones where you have to pop the bubbles, like, and how many you can do in a like, specific amount of time. Like Jerry's game that he plays all the time or whatever his name is uh, from Rick and Morty, the father. Oh, maybe, yeah. He's always playing on his iPad. He's, like, hitting a button to pop bubbles. I don't know if you ever saw that. Well, that's just, like, a Candy Crush or something. No, it's just bubbles on the screen. You literally just popping them. Have you oh, well, then, yeah, maybe, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Um, apparently, I think someone tried to, like, make the game. <laughs> I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, though, like, uh, popping bubbles, is it's that's more of a tactile thing. I want to feel bubbles popping. I know. Yeah. That yeah. is true. You you have like a little haptic feedback. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Do you think fish feel anything when they pop bubbles? Hmm. Do they pop bubbles? I mean, they blow bubbles, right? When they breathe and stuff. I don't think they do. I think bubbles a bit. Like, you don't think any fish? I don't think fish bubble at all. No. No, because they get the oxygen from the water. There'd be no. There's no like air inside of them. Okay, what if a turtle came up, got um, bubbles, and like it got oxygen, went underneath down to the bottom, and then blew bubbles out, and there was a fish above the, the turtle, and then yeah. the, the fish saw the bubble and just popped it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could, they could, they wouldn't pop though. But they would disperse it. They'd yeah, probably it make disperse, them, yeah. Make a bunch of little other air bubbles or whatever. I'm some carbon monoxide or whatever. I don't know. What, what does it, uh, what does it, what is it, what's in an exhale? How much oxygen is left? I don't know how much, but it's like, yeah, carbon dioxide and oxygen and nitrogen or whatever. Is it, is it, what, it you know, when they say like, uh, I got like, you know, five minutes, you know, in, like on a ship, like a classic space adventure. When oh. the, what's that? Rick and Morty with balloons. Ty says, sorry, I just saw the comment. Okay. Um, so the, uh, the, the, oh man, I totally got distracted here. Oh yeah. So on a ship in a movie, it's a space or sci-fi TV show, you know, like, sir, we have lost, or ma'am, we have lost, uh, uh, we've lost oxygen. We've lost the, you know, life support. Right. And they're like, we have approximately 15 minutes left of, of, uh, oxygen. Does that, so when, you know, when they say that, does that include some of the oxygen that's, like left in, that comes out of the exhale or is is that just the how do they do that is it how do you think they do that uh i don't know i mean it's a, not a very specific estimate anyways i think 
so yeah, I guess maybe it would assume some like left out. I because I think it assumes how much you use per breath. And that's another thing. It's like if you know life's you have only a limited amount of oxygen left, wouldn't you just take breaths, hold it in as long as you possibly could? You know what I mean? Go, because then you use more when you breathe it in. Why do you use more if you breathe like if it in? You, because your body's working harder. Like if you breathe quick, like it gets yeah, I mean, you want to like take s- slow, calm breaths. Uses less oxygen. So what and just s- being worried, being worried and like freaking out about it is like uses more oxygen in general. So it sounds to me, in closing of Fresher and Parlance episode one hundred and thirty-nine, that a a girl who just went to a One uh, Direction concert would be a terrible person to have in a cabin with you, where life support has just failed. That is true. Because she is not effectively using her oxygen. <laughs> um, well, I hope for all the watchers out there who feel that they've effectively um, spent their time with us tonight. So uh, I don't know if you know this, but we're a part of a podcast network. I'm not going to do the whole spiel, but we do. Well, it's, it's called uh, Soon To Be Named Network. You could check it out. There's a bunch of great shows.com. You can also find our channel there. And we're on YouTube at the Fresh Home Parlance and the fresherandparlance.com you can check out a website that's not been updated yet twitter fresh and par facebook hit us up yep so again thanks for watching uh do we have anything other stuff no I think that's um, about yeah that's no, it that's about it so anyway happy, this is uh, happy, yeah. yeah uh what's it arbor day is it arbor day maybe it's arbor day probably uh this is uh parland saying toodaloo freshers and later taters <laughs>